What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Actors with Issues, the weekly podcast where we interview the rising stars of TV, film, and Broadway and give you an inside look at the entertainment industry from the ground level. I'm your host, Juan Ayala, and today I am joined by actor, singer, songwriter, dancer, writer, producer, a man of many hats, Mr. Tyler Parks, who you may have seen in series like NCIS, Dear White People, Westworld, and in Indemnity, The Rabbit Hole, a sci-fi mystery web series that Tyler created, executive produced, and stars in as Austin Ellis, a tech whiz and self-proclaimed reality theorist who is forced out of hiding and into the world of mandated vaccines, total surveillance, and digital currency to save his sister from his parents' pharmaceutical company that's tracking his every move. Tyler, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that was a great intro. Thanks. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I've done all that. That sounds great. <laughs> like, who is little, that little paragraph? Who right is that guy? person? Yeah. No, thank you. Uh, of course. So, uh, so before we dig into indemnity, uh, let's start with you and where you got started. Uh, so, before you became this performer, creator, multi-hyphenate, uh, when did you start acting, and when did you decide you wanted to pursue a career as an actor? Well, I think the, the earliest uh, kind of memory I have of, of acting, I mean, I guess, I don't know, when I was a kid, I used to create shows and things for my parents. I was an only child, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so I <laughs> I had to take care of my, not take care of myself, but I kind of had to, you know, entertain myself. There was a better word. Uh, and so what I did was I kind of created random uh, I don't, wouldn't call them plays, but random things and to perform in front of my, my parents. Um, and then, you know, whenever company would come over, they were like, oh, do that thing you did, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so I think that's kind of like my earliest moment, but I actually kind of uh, fell into the acting uh, realm. Uh, I originally started dancing uh, when I was a kid. I was uh, enrolled in dance classes. And over the many years of doing that, my the studio owner, of uh, the dance studio had reached out to my parents and said, Hey, we have a, um, I set up an audition for him. And they were like, Oh, okay. For what? And we thought it was like a dance thing. Cause it was like a normal um, uh, process of auditioning and whatever through mm-hmm. dance for different teams or whatnot. And uh, she was like, no, it's for a film. And I was like, Oh, I have to say something. I'm not, I don't, I don't know how to, <laughs> how to speak. You know, I'm like, this is very different. Um, and so I, I ended up going in and, and reading for that role for that film. And uh, it was it was great. It was fun. It was different uh, for me because I had never really experienced someone kind of giving me something to say and me doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. And so after that, I, I asked my parents to enroll me in on camera acting classes. And uh, that's kind of where it all started. And, you know, just kind of kept building um, from there. And I just started doing classes, got an agent from doing the classes, which was Mm. which was kind of weird. Um, I thought that's kind of how everybody did. And I realized that's not. But I guess the studio had agents come in from time to time to kind of watch the classes. Mm. And uh, yeah, ended up getting an agent from from that and uh, started working randomly. So it was pretty cool. Mm. Pretty cool. And are you like the only actor artist in your family or like, are your parents involved in the arts at all? No, actually. Well, n- no and no to both of those questions. My, I'm not the <laughs> only one. I'm not the only one in my family. Um, I do have a cousin um, who I call an uncle because he's the same age as my dad. They all kind of grew up together. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's actually um, a, a very well-known music producer. 
um, in the industry and uh, Nardo Michael Walden. And so, uh, yeah, it was, it's kind of him and then, and then me, <laughs> you know, um, you know, the, the majority of our family has, um, has strong ties to government work and, mm-hmm. and uh, other kind of hospitality industry type of, of things. Um, and also corporations and companies and stuff like that. But as far as the creatives from what I, who I know, I think it's just the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, after you had been working for a few years and you had like your first reps and whatnot, um, was there like a turning point that you felt you made the decision? Like, I want to have a career as an actor or did it just sort of continue? Cause I feel like it's usually one of the others, like this weird so corny but the aha moment or yeah. whatever no um it's interesting because even through all of that that time even when i got you know my first agent and all these things i was still dancing and i think mm-hmm. at that time i think you know times are, are kind of changing now i think with the rise of you know uh the the tv musicals and the you know the big films and you know they want you to kind of become the triple threat now but then you know it was there was this pressure to kind of choose one it was this pressure to be like okay well what are you gonna do like are you gonna do the dancing are you gonna are you gonna be the actor like which one because i think it was hard for people at the time um whether it was casting or agents or whoever to kind of um place people kind of categorize people like what do they do what are they what are they strongest at and I think you know through that time it was tough for me because I was like well I don't want to stop dancing this is what I've always done but I also do love acting and somewhere in between there um, I would say in like my my high school kind of years to college years uh, music kind of came became a, a thing for me as well less of as a profession, but more of a like hobby and something fun to do. Mm. And so it was this pressure, constant pressure to kind of figure out where I was going to sit. And so I think it wasn't necessarily an aha moment. It was more so the pressure of like, okay, they're wanting me to choose something. What am I going to choose? And at the time I just felt like, you know, although I had been working so much in dance, uh, I, I really wanted to see where acting could go. Mm. And I think I was just like, because of that pressure of trying to choose, I was like, well, let me just go with acting for now. I always have, mm. it's kind of like, you know, how people talk about, you know, you, you have something to fall back on, you know, most times in our industry, people are talking about, you know, you know, a degree in business or, you know, something mm-hmm. for me, it was like, okay, well, I can always fall back on dance. You know, I, I have a lot of connections <laughs> in dance. I have, you know, I have the connections in dance. I, I have, you know, the building resume in dance. I kind of have that to fall back on. So it was less of, a, um, a, I don't want to say less of a risk because it still was, but less of a risk of losing everything in the industry or losing my position. It was like, okay, well, I have something in the industry that keeps me creative that I know I'm pretty consistent with. Let me try acting and really go mm-hmm. for that. So that was kind of the moment. It was less of uh, a personal decision, like, oh, this is great. I want to do it. It was more like, you know, the industry was like, who are you? What are you going to do for us? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What Instead of the other way around, like, what can we do for you? It, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah. Um, it's interesting that you bring that up because so many... 
uh, you know, growing up, especially like you said, now it's very different. Now it's, they want you to be the triple threat. They want their lead actor to be able to sing and, and, you know, to, to belt out the 11 o'clock number and then pull off like a crazy tap number. Like they want you to be able right. to do everything because mm-hmm. there's more of a draw to that now. While right. back in the day, I feel like if you watch like the old, old Tony awards, like the lead actor would do the park and bark and he's surrounded by dancers and he kind of just like sways with them or whatever. It was never <laughs> right. like they're the dancer right. or there's like the dance show, right? you know, like the chorus line, which I mean, they're all also triple threats, but that's like one of the very few examples um, of like those older sort of classic musicals where they had triple threats like that. But yeah, now that, you, now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, yeah, that totally was the, <laughs> was the case. And, and growing up, I was like, I want to be a singer. Similarly, I'm also an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I had no dance training and I felt like I had to pick her out. So I kind of went in more of the TV stuff because in my head growing up, Broadway was like, nope, you got to be an amazing dancer to be on Broadway. I don't dance. So that's out of the question. And here we are hosting a podcast. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's great, though. You know, I mean, there's the one thing I, I you know, do love about uh, kind of growing up in this industry is that you have you have people who are just kind of the dancers, you have people who are just the actors, you have people who are just the singers, but in some form or fashion, they can all come together and still be on the same project Mm -hmm. and on the same team and be collaborating together and it be seamless. There's Mm -hmm. something about that creative kind of unity that is, is not just inspiring, but it's, it's like, it's amazing that it even exists, you know, Mm -hmm. because I don't feel like any other industry has something really like that i don't think so i'm trying to sorry i'm like i'm trying to think i'm like is there am i lying no i really don't think there's another industry i think people just come in do their one job and that's it but we're constantly being asked to kind of cross lines and cross border things and somehow it works i mean when i was listening off all of your like career titles it's like that's expected of us now if you are only one of those things it's like well what are you doing with your life like You need to be multi-hyphenate. You need to be, especially content creation. We'll get into that a little later, but that's been a huge talking point ever since I started this podcast. It was last May. So we are just over a year doing the show. And it's been, thank you. Uh, It's been, you know, so many people have talked about like during the pandemic, especially they're like, well, no one's working. And I don't want to come out of this with like, so what to do like during the shutdowns or whatever. And you're like, oh, nothing just collected unemployment and cleared up that wish list you know like they they're they're like okay like what short film did you do did you start another project did you learn a new skill did you you know pick up a new hobby you know so many people like when i I for one went back to class because i didn't have time beforehand and now everything was over zoom so it's like okay i don't have to go anywhere right uh for and you you can study in new york school while you're in kentucky or whatever you yeah. know because everything's done online things done online um so you know you had you mentioned before and like in your credits and whatnot that you had done a bit of commercial acting and you'd like worked with brands like um old navy and sprint and, and mcdonald's and for those who might not know um what are some of the differences that you've noticed between the audition process for commercial projects versus like the theatrical that's an interesting question. I think there are very slight differences. I think sometimes, well, most times, I think commercial auditions are much faster, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> which I'm like, oh, this is great. You get in and out, um, even though you just drove like 45 minutes to get there. 
but that's right. okay. <laughs> you know, or I mean, in your case, right. You're in New York. So you took the train, you know, right. whatever. And it's like, Oh, it was, it's, on, it's in the middle of summer and it's hot and yeah. sticky. And now I got to get off and like go into this room and be, be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, no, I think, I think some differences are just like, it's, it's a little quicker. It's a little faster uh, pace um, getting in and out of the room and depending on what you go in for, sometimes it's less lines, you know, less things to say. But I think there's an energy about the room that's different. I think when you go into a commercial, you have to go in realizing you're selling something, you know, whereas mm-hmm. when you go into like a film or, you know, a, a, a TV, I mean, you're still te- technically selling something. You're selling more of a storyline, you know, you're selling a character, right. you're selling, you know, this, this world you're trying to create in that space. However, when you go to a commercial, you're selling a product and you have to kind of remember that it's it's about you, but not about you. <laughs> you know, it's like they need you to kind of to sell this product, but the product is the star. No matter if you're right. the lead of it or not, the product is the star. And, you know, they're kind of wanting this energy that matches what they feel like their star, their product is you know, they, they want people to, to get from it. So you have to kind of mm-hmm. come in understanding like, okay, I'm selling something I've seen. And I've done a lot of times I've gone in and tried to like sell the story, you know, hero, you know, gets into the car and is driving <laughs> and all of a sudden looks over and there's, you know, a sandwich floating by the window. And I've just tried to take it too seriously. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I got to really be driving and be in the moment. It's like, no, they don't want that. They don't <laughs> care. They do not care. You know, they will you they know. just want to sell a Big Mac. They want to sell the want. Big Mac. Just sell it. Sell the Big Mac. <laughs> you know, just be excited that you saw the Big Mac and you're going right. to want to eat it. That's what they want you to be every other customer, you know, that sees this. So I think that's the biggest difference for me because I, I do tend to, to really invest in, uh, in the sides or whatever. Um, I get the storyline. I try to invest in it. And I think sometimes with commercial, I have to realize like, I mean, you still invest, but not as, it's not a drama. So right. you're not as emotionally invested. You're not emotionally invested. So Relax. Much. Just sell. sell you're the not attached to guy number two in car. You're <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. 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 And I think it, it also frees us up to have a little bit more fun. I think that's where that energy comes mm-hmm. from. You know, you, you get to go in and just, you know, laugh and smile and, you know, you don't have to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's true. When you think about this, I mean, it's, there might be like a random hysterical character in a commercial, but otherwise, even right. like the pharmaceuticals, they're just like, I can't get that like Scarlett Johansson <laughs> gif out of my head of her just like dancing, <laughs> waving and dancing. Yo. And as like the, the like side effects might include, right, yeah, exactly. stroke, you know, <laughs> they're whispering it in there and she's like going off, having a great time at the club. <laughs> like, dang, you might drop dead in the middle of the club. That's not <laughs> but, you know, happens. <laughs> Uh, now, you know, besides the obvious pandemic that we're still in the middle of, um, what else inspired you and, and your co-creator, um, Tiffany Littlejohn to create indemnity? Well, I think there's a lot of things that have come, that have come into the creation of this. And I don't think it's just one thing. I know you mentioned earlier, the pandemic has kind of created this 
culture of what have you been doing throughout the last year? Have you, have you done this? Have you learned this? Have you, you know, climbed Mount Everest? You know what I mean? It's like this whole thing of where I think people, and myself included at the beginning, I definitely kind of um, made myself believe I needed to get something done during this time, you know? And at the beginning of the pandemic, I was trying to force a lot of it out and it just wasn't coming out the way I wanted it it to. It was just like, I I just felt too much pressure. And so I actually didn't do anything. Like I literally didn't do anything, didn't try to do anything for a few months. And I started um, missing being creative you know, cause I also play music and stuff. So that, that was part of it. I was like, well, now I have this downtime. Let me do as much music as I possibly can. It was just forcing and just did not, did not pan out the way I wanted. So when I took this break, I started realizing I was missing being creative. So I reached out to a friend of mine um, who's also in the show. Her name is Jacqueline Wonkwo. She plays Kat in the show. I reached out to her and I was like, I feel like I need to do something and something it's, one thing is keeps coming back to me. It's class. I feel like I haven't been in class in a long time. And I just feel like maybe that's something I need to do, but I don't want to join another class. I feel like I want to create it with friends where we all just kind of come together and we do scenes each week and we direct each other on these scenes. Cause I feel like the actor, although not every actor is a director, I think we do we do recognize things when we're sitting in regular class, you know, before the pandemic and we're seeing other scenes go up, we recognize emotional states. We recognize intentions. We recognize um, when something doesn't feel right. You know, we recognize it just sitting back. And I think that's a really cool perspective to have for another actor. It's like, we could help each other, not to say that we're the best coaches or, you know, you shouldn't go to another coach. I have a coach that I work with, you know, um, privately as well. So it's not like this is, I'm saying this is the end all be all, but I was like, how about we do this? And she was like, I'm down, let's do it. So hit up a bunch of friends, got this class together. And so we have this class once a week to this day, we still do this class once a week. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I, I find sides and I send them out to everybody and give people roles. And then we come in and we, we do the scenes and each you know, if you're not in the scene, somebody is a director and they're directing the scene. That snowballed into this idea of what Indemnity became. So originally it was supposed to be, I was like, how about we take this a step further? The same friend, Jackie, Jacqueline had hit me up and was like, how about we do a scene together and just tape it and put it in our reels and stuff? And I'm like, that sounds cool, but I like big picture things. I'm like super extra when it comes to that. So I was like, how about we create a show and it's all like we can film it all with our phones and, you know, from our own homes and then I'll just edit it all together, you know? And she was like, that sounds great. So I reached out to Tiffany and I was like, hey, and it was like 3 a.m. I had been up, couldn't sleep. And I had this random idea for this show. And I was like, Tiff, would you be interested in writing and directing this show? And she was like, what's it about? And I told her, I was like, these are the characters I'm seeing. This is kind of what I'm seeing happen and all these things. She was like, I love it. Let's do it. A week later, she had like a first draft of, a, of the first episode. And she was like, okay, be, be gentle, but let me know what you thought. And I thought it was great, you know, but I was like, let's change some things. So we fixed some things. As the episodes kept coming, 
I was like, I don't think we can do this. Everybody just filming themselves on their phone from their home. She was like, I don't think so either. I think it's too much, too complicated. So yeah. it kind of snowballed into us actually filming the show. We still use an iPhone to film the show. Um, but, you know, it was, it was this thing of, it went from this class idea of just everybody kind of filming each other since we were doing class on Zoom anyway, to us, you know, working with a DP and, and really fledging this out, getting locations, getting all of the things, you know, and um, making it work. But mm -hmm. That's kind of how it came about. I mean, obviously, you know, the subject matter is what we're kind of going through now. But Tiffany and I really wanted to set a A what if perspective, what, if, what happens if we don't actually leave this lifestyle? You know, what if the mask wearing doesn't stop? The social distancing doesn't stop. What happens when shit hits the fan? You know what I mean? It's like, what happens when shit hits the fan? And it's, and we're still locked into this, this idea of, um, of being limited, right? We, we can't just go anywhere we want to. Yeah. But then there's this idea of, you know, you having the vaccine gives you this kind of step up, whereas certain people who may not, for whatever reason, they may not feel comfortable with it. They are kind of left behind to kind of fend for themselves. What happens when we create this divide? What happens when we create this separation? It's just crazy that this came, you know, this idea kind of came out in September of last year. And now we're kind of seeing this on the same idea unfold right yeah. now you know and i'm like wow like this is kind of crazy but um it's kind of sucks too that we're seeing our idea unfold but it's yeah time, it's kind of you know it's kind of cool but from your mouth to god's ears yeah. right i'm like <laughs> we didn't want this we didn't ask for this you know we, we were just trying to show you what happened what would happen but uh that's that's really how it all kind of came out just a random idea for a zoom class snowballed into a full-fledged show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply since you've been like an avid creator, cause this isn't the first project that you sort of put together. No, but the first project on this scale, yes. I've done right. like, like a multi-episode type of thing. Yeah, I've done like my own music videos and stuff like that. But right. as far as this scale, this is nuts. <laughs> so to me, I'm like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> you know, it's me being extra again. I was like, what, what did I do? Yeah. Um. But, you know, but because of that and, and having these opportunities just open up because of your efforts and like your persistence, like what advice could you give to another actor who might be looking to do the same thing? Like what lessons have you learned in the creation of the show? Oh, a lot of things. <laughs> I think, I'm sorry. I'm like, man, um, actually it's, it's really crazy. Cause with the show, you know, we worked, we got, we had a very small team of people who worked together before on other projects, not only our own, but each other's. So we already had this kind of like collaboration and this kind of respect for each other. And mm -hmm. 
the responsibility that each of us had bringing to this project. So for someone who doesn't have that, because I understand like, you know, it took me a long time to even cultivate those relationships with these people to have, you know, people I could just, you know, reach out to be like, hey, you, you know, you down to write this, direct this, you know, we're down, are you down to shoot this? It takes a lot, you know what I mean? And I understand that. I completely understand. That. And I know that there are some um, creatives that don't necessarily feel like they have that avenue. My first thing would be show up for yourself always. I think a lot of times we we get into our heads and we say, well, man, because I don't have that team or I don't have this or I don't have that. We, we put ourselves into this hole and it just kind of keeps sinking because we're like, well, we're not going to climb out of it because I don't have that. When really you do have a lot of things at your own disposal that you can use. I mean, even for this show, you know, and we've heard many times that, you know, people are like, it doesn't look like it, but this whole phone, this whole phone, this whole show was shot on an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? We used a couple of like lenses that, you know, were built for like iPhone, like you can attach to the iPhone, but right. the body of it is all the iPhone. It's all the iPhone. We use that and a little gimbal that we got from Amazon. We used a couple of soft boxes that we got from Amazon, you know, um, and, you know, you can buy other things. We didn't use them, but we bought lobs from Amazon that were like 20 bucks. They're decent. Mm-hmm. You can use those. We didn't end up using them. We used other ones, but, you know, you have so many things that you can, that, you know, for a, even a super small budget and you just want to get together with your friends and you might know someone or find, be able to find someone that can shoot it, you know, do it, show up for yourself. Stop thinking that because you don't have the big budget things or you don't have this crew or you don't have these actors or you don't have this set that you can't do it make it happen however and if you have to change things if you wanted it to be in an office building but you can't afford to get an office building location change it maybe it's out of the park maybe it's in someone's apartment maybe it's in someone's hallway of their apartment you know what i mean like don't be afraid to change it show up for yourself every single day just say you know what i'm gonna make it happen definitely think the second thing would be um, not only showing up for yourself, but taking a risk on yourself. You know, my dad has always told me, and I know it's a saying that everybody probably knows, but he's always saying, he's always telling me, you know, um, it takes money to make money. And not to put that in a space of like, oh, you need a million dollars to make a million dollars. You know what I mean? But if you need to spend some extra money on, you know, the right camera that you want or to pay someone to shoot it, you know, or whatever, you know, don't lose that. Don't lose hope in that because there is something powerful about investing in yourself, investing in what you're making that you feel confident in. There is something about that the universe does give it back in some kind of way. It might not be immediately, but the universe will give it back. And I think you really have to risk and invest in yourself. You have to. And sometimes it sucks, you know, when we, when Tiffany and I, you know, because as the co-executive producers on the show, once we finish the show and I mean, we're still paying for things, you know, uh, festivals and stuff, but when we just got the immediate production budget, like what we paid for, because we had no budget to begin with. We were just like, okay, well, we want to get this. So let's just 
figure out a way that we can afford to get that, you know? So we had Mm -hmm. no idea what we were going to spend. We didn't have like a limit, but we did know we were like, we don't want to spend a lot of money. But once we, after we finished the production of the show and we tallied out all of our expenses, her and I both like freaked out. We were like, we cannot believe that we spent this much money. But at the same time, she was like, but isn't it crazy that we were able to? Like we didn't mm-hmm. up front say, okay, well we have, you know, $50,000 to spend. We were just like, well, we'll just, what, what we need, we'll just make sure to, we'll just try to make it happen, you know, however mm-hmm. we can. And of course we cut a lot of corners, you know, um, you know, and, you know, some of it was great. Some of it, you know, is we had, we did what we had to, but mm-hmm. it was, there's something powerful about even just risking that and to come back and be like, wow, but we, if we would have known ahead of time, we were going to spend that much money, we probably wouldn't have done it, but somehow mm-hmm. we were able to, I mean, even through our filming, we were getting other jobs, you know, like other little side okay. gigs. And we were like, oh, we didn't even realize those things were coming to us to kind of help reinvest. You know what I mean? So I think it's, it works. So I think just show up for yourself every day and invest in yourself and don't be afraid to invest. Obviously have your limit, know where your limits are. You know, you, we don't want anybody to go into crazy amounts of debt. You know, I mean, we did, but you know, would never tell somebody just go into debt, you know, but, um, let's get off. Yeah. It's crazy out here. But, you know, and don't be afraid to invest in yourself. Don't be afraid to. It's, mm-hmm. It will pay off. Maybe not immediately, but it will pay off at some point. And you'll be happy that you did. Investing in, into one's own career is such an old adage and, and something that, I mean, and it's not only just an entertainment career, but any career. It's like yeah. you have to get your certification or your degree or your training in whatever field it is you want to pursue. So uh, unfortunately, we're coming to close to the end of our time, but we always end the show uh, with a segment called Getting to Know You. Okay. Uh, so I just throw some rapid fire questions at you and see what happens. And we always start with an easy one, uh, coffee or tea? Tea. Uh, drama or comedy? drama plays or musicals musicals tv or film oh film uh your most recent binge watch uh 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 hacks on hbo uh what is your favorite accent or impression to do and can we hear it oh (laughs) um I just have to choose an easy one because I can do it easily, but it's not my favorite, but Southern accent. Cause I do it all the time. Cause I'm originally from the South. Mm. But yeah. I used to call I used to talk about this and I used to call myself taller. 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 Yeah. My, my, my name is taller. You're taller. Yeah. I grew up in Marietta, Georgia. Yeah. It was, it was very interesting. Did it take you a while to like coach yourself to, to, to like bear down to get rid of it? Uh, no, no, I was, I was also back and forth a lot between Atlanta and Chicago. So it was this, you know, I I would hear one accent and I would hear the other, the, you know, the kind of Midwest and then versus the South. And I just kind of met in the middle. The, oh my gosh, that type of like, (laughs) actually, (laughs) yeah, that is. Yeah. I know (laughs) a lot of people in Chicago. Yeah. Oh oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, a movie that never fails to make you cry. 
50-50 with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. A movie that never fails to make you laugh. Babs, Halle Berry. Someone said that the other day <laughs> in their interview. Yeah. I don't remember who it was. Babs, man. That's, Tiffany and I consistently quote that movie. Like it, it's, and it's still funny. It's like, we're not the characters, but just cause yeah, it's so funny. That's a great, <laughs> great, funny comedy. So good. Yeah. Uh, who is your dream co-star? Was like that I've worked with or that I want to work with? Uh, that you want to work with. I have so many. <laughs> this is tough. Um, um, that's a tough one. I feel like if this was like a, if you had a timer, I feel like it buzz out already. I got rid of the timer. I used to. <laughs> like, this is, like this is so difficult. Um, if some someone that I would love to be co-stars with, um, it's just not one, like one specific person. You know who I really enjoy, and I think it it would be an interesting dynamic is Evan Peters. Mm. that'd be yeah. interesting which is yeah, weird because he's, he's not like the first person i'd think of normally but for some reason i'm like because i think he's really amazing yeah because he he's very much commits to like every role Everything. he's in i feel like i've never been bored by his performances right yeah maybe once literally maybe once i'm trying to think of like american horror story i'm like maybe there was just like that one season that i'm like mm. But that's sometimes that's American Horror Story. Sometimes a whole season is just like, but he's, I think he's great. I think he really does just shift into things. And it's it's amazing mm-hmm. how he does does it so effortlessly. Well, it seems like, I don't know. He might be like, you know. Or imagine he's like super hardcore and he just looks super. Right. Like, <laughs> like it might, might be like stressed out, but it, he makes it seem so easy. So mm. yeah, that would be one. Uh, what's the worst side job that you've had? Man, because I don't want to like, I don't want to bad mouth any of these. <laughs> what happens if I need to go back one day? Um, <laughs> um, it's weird. Okay, it's weird because I actually, I was, I'd say bartending, but I can't say mm-hmm. that because. I actually co-own a bartending service company as well. Oh, do you? Yeah. So it's not, so, but it's, <laughs> so I'm like, it's not that, but it's, it, it's a specific employer that I've worked for before, mm. before owning my own. The reason why we've created our own, let's say that the reason why we right. created our own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're, they're probably will find this and listen to it and be, and I probably get like texts and calls like were you talking like were you us? subbing us <laughs> right <laughs> they don't have to be uh, like yeah yes <laughs> can I confirm nor deny that I'm sorry right. uh if you could be in the revival in the Broadway revival of any show which would it be mm-hmm. rent in 10 words or less what advice would you give to a young performer don't limit yourself and never give up. I actually have it tattooed on my arm. How do you? <laughs> give up. There it is. <laughs> and it never has like claw marks, like nail marks. And then it gets cleaner as it gets to up. 
So if oh. I keep going, yeah, I don't know if you can see it. Uh, where can people find you on social media if they want to give you a follow on, uh, on Instagram? Uh, on Instagram is at Cardboard Box Kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I moved here, I had a bunch of cardboard boxes in my room when I created my profile. So that's why it's Cardboard Box Kid. And you all can follow us on Instagram at Actors with Issues. You can follow me at Juan Yala Official. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Anchor, for supporting the show. You can head over to anchor.fm to get started on your very own podcast, 100% free. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review wherever you're listening and catch new episodes every Friday on all podcasting platforms. And don't forget to go watch the, as of, when we're recording this there's six episodes out of indemnity available to watch on youtube the whole season the whole season um let's hope there's season two let's hope they decide to renew it (laughs) i'm honey that's tyler parks this is actors with issues and we'll see you next week